This could be really big. Stories by Torn Lucas. El Camino, Part 4 The rest of the kids were driven two by two in the El Camino until another bus had come to retrieve the few that remained stranded on the side of the snowbank. As you remember, it was pretty exciting, especially to hear Richard talk about his dad and how he had been circling in a helicopter the whole time to make sure that no one got hurt by the explosion. At the end of that day, David came to say, that you could get a lift home in his dad's truck. He wanted to say no thanks, that your dad was coming, but your dad was in Egypt. It's the F-150, said David, brightening as his father pulled over the curb to collect you. The window rolled down. It was David's dad. He looked thin and stern in a kind of Clint Eastwood way and said, get in. You looked over to the school one last time before climbing into the truck. You see Maria. She was standing alone. She was waiting to be collected. You wondered if Geraldo would come for her, whether he'd remember, whether the police had finally caught up with him. Stop! David was pointing to a boy wearing snow pants. The truck pulled on to the side of the snowbank and crunched to a stop. You and David got out. Nasser's face changed from a look of despair to happiness inside a second when he saw you both. He jumped up and switched his snow pants with kicks of excitement. As you watched David and Nasser climb back in the truck, you said to David that you think you're okay to find another way back home, and you look over to see that Maria is still standing at the same lonely spot in the school ground. Maybe you could keep her company, you thought. The truck doors closed, but didn't leave. As the motor ran, smoke ballooned out of the exhaust lit red by the brake lights. David's dad got out and walked around the truck. David emerged from the truck himself and blinked and looked worried. Come over here, said David's dad in the kind of way a sheriff might order a man who was going to get hung. In the back of the truck, on top of a load of road grit, there was a pharmacy bag. The contents had come loose and were strewn this way and that. The Flex Armstrong was the first item you saw. The red limbs of the stretcher doll pushed out of the plastic bag like a scene out of a murder crime show. There was a potato head, a Hot Wheels racer, some random pharmacy products like aftershave, Irish spring soap, a gold chain, and a chemistry set. Wow, a chemistry set. If you had stolen toys, this would have been a thing to steal. This year's stuff, said David's dad. You remember him looming over you and the question covered you like a shadow. You would later learn that Mr. Gladman was a kind man who loved David in his way. He really would die of age three years later. But in that moment, he was the long arm of the law that was about to hang you for your crime. You wanted to say, no, this was, this was David's stuff. You wanted to say that you were a crime fighter. You looked over to David who said timidly, it was for Christmas. Who's Christmas, scoffed Mr. Gladman, stuffing David's stolen toys into the shopping bag. Yours? He held out the bag and smiled at you without smiling. You could see it in his eyes that he was letting you go, returning your freedom. You gripped the bag, turned, and ran. Let Nasser have my seat, you said as your snow pants clipped your stride and plunged you into the snowbank headfirst. 
Trailing the bag of toys, you managed to get to your feet and skid your way where you had last seen Maria. You heard Mr. Gladman's voice had trailed off as your ears had begun to thump. Maybe he said, keep running or I'll hunt you down like a dog, but you'll never know. Maria wasn't there when you arrived back at the schoolyard. The school seemed abandoned. Some lights here and there illuminated the rooms where teachers prepared their classes for the next day. Or maybe they were sitting there smoking and laughing about you. You stood in the spot where Maria had been for a long time. You stood there for at least ten minutes, long enough for your teeth to begin to chatter. You had been thinking about being Maria's brother when one of the school doors opened up, spilling a shaft of light onto the schoolyard. Is that Michael, said the voice. You thought it was the outline of the janitor in the doorway. Yeah, you said in a voice that sounded more pathetic than you would have liked. Do you need a ride home? Yeah, you said, thinking that if someone, anyone, asked you about the toys, all you needed to say was that they were for Christmas. Your mom thanked the janitor for driving you home as you swished past her without a word directly into your bedroom. The bag of toys would find its hiding spot right in the back of your closet, behind your street hockey equipment. At dinner, your mom didn't ask you about the big bag of toys. You watched the love boat that night with her, and she made you both popcorn. It was good when you were together when your dad was away, like this. You could be the man of the house. When you went to bed, your mom said, Brush your teeth, Michael, and remember, it's Saturday tomorrow. That was her way of reminding you about the appointment at the pharmacy. You'll need to bring your bag of toys, all of it, she said. Yes, you said. Chemistry set too, she smiled as she slunk off to bed. In bed that night, the thought of the pharmacist in his wireframe glasses flickered in your mind like a zombie movie. You managed to wake up your wife to Christmas music. You turn up the Bluetooth speaker she got you last Christmas. This makes your daughters bounce on the couch, which you don't usually allow. Your wife comes down wearing your house coat and looks tired. She had worked a late Christmas Eve treating a kid lucky to only have a broken arm, having climbed the roof to check the chimney for Santa's Christmas visit. She kissed you and cozies into your arms. Look, Daddy, your nine-year-old holds up the box she has unwrapped. It's your present, she said. The box is emblazoned with the words Chem 2000, Experimental Kit. Wow, a chemistry set, you laugh. What a great idea. I've always wanted a chemistry set, you say. You smile into your daughter's upturned face and say, We can learn something new together. You remember the chemistry set that David had stolen. You remember you had taken the kit out onto the bed that Saturday morning and imagined becoming a chemistry person. You would have had a white coat like the kit on the box and maybe work in nuclear. Richard is here, your mum called. She would have been at the front door. You knew Richard's parents would be there too. You were planning to explain everything to them that morning. To rid yourself of the whole injustice of it all. To spill the beans and let Richard and David have it. Richard would have to face David with the truth, but that was what being a detective was all about, revealing the truth. But when you reached the door, Richard was alone. Hi, you said. Are you coming, asked Richard. 
You ran through in your mind what would happen if you said no, if you decided not to go to the pharmacy with Richard and his parents, and instead just stayed in to watch Saturday morning cartoons. You closed the door on Richard and stood there, leaving Richard to wait outside. You savored the moment. The thought of cooking up some dynamite with your new chemistry set flashed through your mind. But you opened the door. Come on, said Richard. You looked over to Richard's parents. You saw Mr. Bradley had moved his hands on his hips and looked authoritative, even from 200 feet away. The pharmacy always looked clean and smelled of soap and cardboard. Mr. Bradley led the way down the toy aisle. You remember seeing the chemistry sets and the boy with the white lab coat staring back at you. Your mom had said she wasn't going to come but that you should go and learn a good lesson with Richard. The thumping in your ears must have been part of the lesson, but there was still a chance to clear your name. At the very least, you could and would explain to the pharmacist what really happened. That way you could make sure that Richard wouldn't get beat up by David and still declare your innocence before the police came. Mr. Bradley thumbs in the direction of the pharmacist who scrutinized you from behind his wireframe glasses. You and Richard approached the towering pharmacy counter with your bags of toys stretched out in front of you. The pharmacist's arms reached down for the bags and seemed much longer than it should in comparison to his bald head. Richard, you see, is trembling and has difficulty saying that he is so very sorry and that he won't do it again, ever. The pharmacist looked down at you. He waited. You waited. You waited maybe for ten seconds, thinking, but it seemed longer. Sorry, you said finally. My family is poor, you said, and your mother was dying of cancer. The pharmacist's eyebrows raised above the wire of his glasses in a scientific discovery sort of way. You told the pharmacist that the chemistry set was a way in which you might learn a new job but that, yes, you knew it was wrong to steal. You had looked over to Richard for a second. He had stopped sniffling and was looking at you with his mouth open. It is wrong, said the pharmacist, after what felt like a long time. You stole a glance over to see Mr. Bradley had his hands on his hips in a good citizen kind of way, far enough away not to be able to hear you. You lowered your voice just in case and said, these are Christmas presents for my sisters. My dad just doesn't make enough money for Christmas. He wants Christmas, he really does. But selling stolen cigarettes and medicine for the pharmacy isn't enough. The pharmacist's other eyebrow raised up so that both eyebrows created a stupid face appearance. The stupid face floated there up above the counter for maybe five seconds, but it felt longer. I think you know him, he said finally. He drives a blue El Camino and comes and meets you at the back door. The picture of Geraldo in a white coat formed in your mind began to fade out. Fade to nothing with the thumping of your ears. Faded out like a memory. The only thing left to say then was, can you give my dad a job? <laughs>